T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah. Yeah. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Straight up to my face. I've been down so long it looks like You've already heard him on these airwaves before on this show, but Ty Richardson joins now at Ty Sports Radio, co-host of the Morning Rush, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday at Hit That Line, Arkansas, ESPN, Arkansas, on the uh, X, Twitter, at Ty Sports Radio. Ty Richardson joins now, first of many, um, every single Wednesday until football season is over with. Ty, what's the word? How are you? Hey, man, we're only 17 days out till Razorback football, Ole Miss football, Alabama football, state football. I mean, it is. Memphis football. We're getting, yeah. Memphis football. Come on, yeah. yeah that, that's me. That's me being ignorant here on a Wednesday. <laughs> I should have mentioned, you know, the the school that you played for and that you broadcast basically uh, ten minutes from. So that's yes. uh, that's ignorance on my part. No, it's all good. It's all good. I, I do have to say off the top on a on a sort of somber note. Um, Arkansas man, uh, prayers out to the Arkansas family. To Alex Collins family lost at twenty eight to a motorcycle wreck. It's been it's been a tough couple of years, man. With with former Razorbacks, we had Ryan Mallett. Um, obviously, um, Peyton Hillis almost lost his life. That was a close call. We, we, we had Dion Stutz, who was at MUS, supposed to be a defensive tackle there at Arkansas pass away. It's, it's been tough. So prayers out to, prayers out to the folks there in, in Fayetteville and all those families. Well, Gabe, I, I appreciate that. I, I know Razorback Nation has had a tough 2023 with some of the names you just mentioned. Chris Smith is another one. Yep. Uh, Qu- Quincy McAdoo was close to losing his life, I think. The uh, Arkansas Razorback young uh, guy that was a freshman last year. So, I mean, anytime you see someone either on the brink of death or that actually loses their life, and they're, I mean, in Alex's case, he's my age. He's 28. Right. So that that just kind of makes you rethink where you're at in life and just to value your your family, your friends, and and realize that you never know when your last breath is going to be. But that man was a character, I got to say, right now. The, the Irish dancing and everything else. And he was here in Memphis last year. With the, with the USFL and the, and the showboats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got a chance to see it up close in person. Maybe some of your your audience listening right now did. The thing about Alex is Alex is unique. He's from uh, Plantation, Florida, elected on National Signing Day to kind of switch where he's going. He's got to stay in-state. He's a five-star guy, wasn't he? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, decided on Arkansas instead. And it was funny because his mom took his recruiting 
um, his national signing letter of intent. And, and that's understandable. I mean, as a mother, it's protective. You either have a chance to see your son play in your own state or see him go over 1,300 miles away. Right. And he elected to come to Arkansas, and we were definitely the benefit of that. He had such a smile, man. He was, again, one of the most popular freshman guys on campus. You know how football players are. I mean, you right. were one. You were – you're just naturally popular, but this kid had a knack for becoming friends with nearly everyone on that campus, which is not always easy to do. Right. No question. No question. Now, uh, for for uh, right now, we look at uh, Sam Pittman and, and them in fall camp. Uh, how, how are they looking right now? How have they responded to everything? Well, you, you go back to 2015, I think 14 and 13, Sam was on staff at Arkansas. So this, I know, has probably affected him. Sam was uh, – he didn't just recruit offensive linemen when he was initially at Arkansas. He recruited all different types of guys. And I would guess that at some point, outside of uh, just recruiting, Sam Pittman and Alex Collins had a few conversations. I, I'm not I'm not privy to that, but based on his yep. response and his statement, that would lead me to believe that. So we'll get a chance to talk with Sam Pittman this Saturday after the scrimmage. I guarantee that will be a question to ask. But the, as far as fall camp goes, as far as, as, far as the nitty-gritty football stuff, offensive line – uh, didn't have one of their presumed starters last week. And the defensive line has nine seniors, Gabe. So yeah. that's an area where Arkansas should have some success this fall. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see. But talking with Ty Richardson at Ty Sports Radio Coast for the morning rush there at ESPN Arkansas. I had to point you in the direction of this, and I know that we get tired. We grow tired with realignment. Uh, honestly, with what we've dealt with in Memphis and really as a nation with Michael Orr and the Tuies, um, but there's been a lot of money talk. But I want to bring up this Missouri NIL bill that I, I sort of pointed you in the direction of. They signed it into uh, law yesterday, and it allows high school athletes in the state of Missouri, so long as they sign with a school in Missouri, to make money off their name, image, and likeness while they're still in high school. What do you think of this? This is this is uh, this is strange, but it's ser- certainly considering what is it? Williams and Winery um, just committed to uh, Missouri, number one D lineman in the class of 2024, second highest rated recruit that Missouri's ever gotten outside of Doriel Green Beckham. Looks like Ryan Wingo, who's another five star, one of the the next in line of the Wingos there in St. Louis, could potentially be headed to Mizzou. This is going to help out Missouri in a big way, and I wonder if there's other schools or, or not other schools, but other states that will follow in, in, in introducing bills like this? Well, you'd have to think so based on the fact that Eli Drinkwitz and company have had success just in implementing this, and, and there's still the stuff to come. I mean, you think about the metropolitan areas of St. Louis and yep. Kansas City. Those are, I mean, you're from St. Louis. That's a, that's a good basketball and football town. Yep. And there are kids that maybe wouldn't necessarily choose to go to Columbia outside of this rule, but now they're – seriously considering it or maybe somewhere else within the state so yeah this is something that will not be uh, singled out and alone other states will fall and it goes back to the idea listen i'm not a, a huge fan of anything the the federal government gets in or really right. anything that's regulated but when you see states initially and really throughout this process trying to supersede the other with specifications and rules it's not good for the sport it's not good for anyone in tennessee it's not good for anyone in memphis it's not good for anyone in Arkansas. It's just not good for college football. Yeah, 
We're all over the damn place. I mean, that, that's the <laughs> truth of it. And I, 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 I hate that I feel as if Congress is the only entity that can step in and truly make a difference in this, but that's where I feel like we're at. Um, because there's some states that say that the NCAA can't step in and, and rule over their states. It's just it's, it's ridiculous. Now, please tell me. Please, Ty, tell me you saw the reaction video from Eli Drinkwitz when he got that commitment. Please. Yeah. Oh, camo was, uh, cargos. He jumped on an assistant, wrapped his legs around him. That was strange in itself. Eli Drinkwitz is a he's a character. Yeah, he's a, he's his own duck, man. And I guess anytime you see a, a five star kid commit, there's usually a video that pops off after that. If if that's seldom seen. Now for Nick Saban in Alabama or Kirby Smart in Georgia, that's just the expectation. That's just the rule. But for coaches and teams that don't necessarily get him as often they would pop off. And I guarantee, I guarantee you Sam Pittman, I don't know if he'd do something that goofy, but right. Sam's not exactly a huge I, social media guy. I don't think Sam would be in the camo cargos in, uh, in Jordans. No. I, I, he doesn't strike me as that type of guy. No, I, do, I, I believe you're <laughs> correct in that assertion. So yes, no question. Now we had the AP Top 25 come out. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama at number four, and then LSU behind them. I still can't shake this. And we've talked this about this several times since you you've come on the show. I don't get why Alabama is ranked ahead of LSU besides the fact that that guy at the top is named Nick Saban. Yeah, there's really not a lot of areas that you can point to and be like, man, Alabama is significantly better than LSU. I wouldn't think you'd say that about wide receiver. Maybe Burden and Neighbors are about the same. Quarterback, LSU has the advantage with Jaden Daniels. Offensive line, uh, we'll have to wait and see. I know Alabama's got an offensive line that always, again, I say always, at one, I think it was last year, a year before, they gave up one of the most sacks in the country. Yep. So maybe this year they run the football a little more. Uh, Jason McClellan down there, I mean, we know how tremendous Alabama running backs are. He's going to be teamed up with some other talented guys. And then you look on defense. I know LSU has to replace a lot in the secondary, but they get Makai Wingo, or sorry, they get Mason Smith back. You got Makai Wingo, Harold Perkins. I love Dallas Turner. Harold Perkins is the best linebacker yes. in college football. So I, I, I just, I mean, I spouted off a bunch of LSU guys relative to Bama. I just don't know, like yourself, how you can put Alabama above LSU at this point, especially after what happened last season. Yeah, and I look at Jaden Daniels, and I, I, I struggle to find quarterbacks that are actively that you could just immediately put ahead of him in the SEC right now. I got KJ Jefferson. I guess somebody could make the case for Will Rogers, but Jaden Daniels at the top of top of the game when it comes to quarterback play in the SEC. Yeah, Jaden had over 700 rushing yards last year and had decent passing numbers. They weren't great, but I think a lot of people expect him to expand his role. And he had to kind of get used to everything initially. You got to remember, yep. he came over from Arizona State and wasn't even in a full year of Brian Kelly's system. I don't care if you're a veteran or not. You have to learn a new offense. It, it might take a game or two, which it did for him. I mean, they looked look, – think of, think of how bad they looked in the Florida State game relative to how they looked at points at the end of the season. So I, I really think LSU is the team to be in the SEC West. Now, I don't think they're going undefeated. I think Arkansas walks in there week four and wins that football game. I, I can point to some reasons why, but I do think the West is going to be ultimately won by the LSU Tigers in purple and gold. Now, I uh, I look also in the AP poll, and I am one that is a believer in Florida State. Obviously, my former coach, Mike Norvell, is there, but they bring in Keon Coleman. They still have Johnny Wilson. Jordan Travis has, has been fantastic. That defense is better than it's been in a long, long time. They have a lot of returning talent along that defensive front. Florida State at eight seems low to me. I, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, when you got a guy like Jordan Travis – 
he, he can take you a long way. I mean, that's right. one of the best quarterbacks, top 10, maybe in college football, maybe some would say in the top five. So then you supplement that with the talent that consistently goes to Tallahassee. Now, I know they, I don't know if you call them dormant, but they haven't been the traditional Florida State right. in the last eight years or so. And then Norvell seemingly has them on the rise. I mean, if you beat LSU or Orlando at a consensus top five team, feel good about where your season's headed if they do 100%. that. 100%. And so, again, Clemson's the team to be in the ACC. There might be another team or two that pops up, but that's still the traditional power in the Atlantic Coast Conference for the past five to ten years. So you beat LSU to start, you knock out Clemson at some point, and you're sitting looking at the first college football playoff appearance since 2014. We got smacked around a little bit by Marcus Mariota and Oregon. Yep, talking with Ty Richardson at Ty Sports Radio from ESPN Arkansas. The Vandy Stadium renovations have been a running joke this entire offseason. Obviously, they're they're trying to invest in that program and and make that stadium a whole lot better, but in the meantime, it looks like the the end zones and the the stands that were there before are not going to be there and they're going to be under construction. Um, is too much being made out of this? I mean, ultimately, I mean, I, I know they have a home game in, versus Hawaii in 10 days, but I, I, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, they're the butt of a lot of jokes at the moment. Well, Vanderbilt, with or without stadium renovations, is the butt of college football jokes. And now there's people out there that say they are strictly in the SEC for academic purposes in Nashville, but I mean, honestly, I don't even think you need them to get the Nashville market. Here's what I would say. Arkansas had similar renovations back in, I believe it would have been the 2019 season, and the, the open end of the end zone looked horrible. Right. They got, yeah, and so, I mean, that's not like – you see it sometimes in college football. The issue is, is Vanderbilt doesn't look like it's had any progress since the summer. Yeah. That's yeah. the – it's like the workers aren't even invested in the Vanderbilt <laughs> football program game. I mean, good <laughs> I grief. I guess, but at the same time, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame Vandy for trying to get their stadium back up and and, and no. at least try to be on par with the rest of the SEC, which they'll never be. But I, I I don't blame them for at least making an effort. I guess. Yeah. No, I think that's how you have to approach it. I mean, for Vanderbilt, I think for Clark Lee and company, if they got to bowl eligibility, that would be a big season for them. I mean, I have two of my best friends graduated from Vanderbilt. They both work in sports. And uh, for that fan base, they're happy with bowl eligibility. Memphis's fan base under Fuente, under your coach Norvell, saw this team is better than bowl eligibility. Yep. Not, they can win. You guys can scare double-digit games. Arkansas saw in Sam Pittman's second year, they can scare 10, 10 wins. They got to nine. They were a game or two away from getting to 10 or 11. So I think for every fan base, you look at things a little bit differently just kind of based on your surroundings. Yeah, now let's take a look around the rest of the SEC. Graham Mertz named the quarterback at uh, Florida, starting quarterback at Florida. I don't have high hopes for Florida in their offense this year, um, but I, I do appreciate Billy Napier making an effort at recruiting that seemingly Dan Mullen never made, but it doesn't feel like it's going to be a very good season for, for Florida. And Graham Mertz could prove me wrong, but I, I, I do not have high hopes. You mean the kid that was at Wisconsin that <laughs> – didn't really do anything in the Big Ten. That, yeah, I, that you thought had some had some juice, and then it just yeah. never it never came to fruition. Now you could make the argument that um, Jaden Daniels was very similar at uh, 
at Arizona State. He showed some really good things his freshman year and then fell off and then ultimately got to LSU and did some great things. Maybe Graham Mertz could sort of follow in those footsteps, but I don't think Graham Mertz is the same type of talent that Jaden Daniels is. Gabe, I got asked at SEC Media Day. It's my hottest take, and I think that Florida will make a head coaching change either during slash after the season. I just don't. Some guys, when you go from one level of football to another, it doesn't work. Now, it works for some guys. Some guys are able to acclimate, but I don't know if that's it for Billy Napier. And if he's relying on... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A guy that wasn't exactly blowing the doors off in the Big Ten. Sometimes a change of scenery is a good thing, but I think Arkansas goes in there in November the 4th when they're wearing those black jerseys for the first time, beats them. That could be the nail in the coffin. Maybe it's another game, but I would be surprised if he was still the head coach in Gainesville after this year. And, and it's strange, too, because you usually you're used to Florida having a foothold on that state in a lot of ways, recruiting-wise, but um, Cristobal at Miami, I know he struggled last year, but he's a damn good recruiter. He's shown that even on the national stage. And now Florida State's coming up, and they're probably the best – not not probably, they are the best team in that state right now. It's going to be really hard for Billy Napier – uh, to sort of recreate and and get everybody to stay home the way that Florida has over the years. Yeah, that's a school, and I, I'm really excited for. Uh, I think it's called Swamp Kings. We we just watched the yep. Johnny Manziel. Yeah, just watched the Johnny Manziel docu- documentary. I know that Major Wright was interviewed recently about the new Florida uh, series, so it's it's something I want to watch. I think it's, I can't remember if it's a series or just an actual doc. But it, I can't wait. It'll be a dot. I think it's four four episodes, from what I understand. Perfect. That was the inside Perfect. information. That's the inside scoop from a buddy I have <laughs> well, at Florida. Uh, what you well, think? Yeah. What you think of the Johnny Manziel doc? By the way, that was uh, that was fun in, in 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 some ways. It's hard to it's hard to watch somebody self implode the way he has. But man, I, it's so hard to forget the great memories from when he was at Texas A&M and what they were able to accomplish. And I mean, we're talking the, their their intro to the SEC when everyone thought that they were going to be pretty bad considering in the Big 12 they were middle of the pack every single year. I remember watching Colorado growing up because my dad went there. I was a big Colorado fan and Texas A&M was never anything to write home about. Here's what I would say. Every single one listening right now has a friend, guy or girl, that does whatever they want, however they want, whenever they want, and are still highly successful. That's Johnny Manziel. Mm -hmm. He did it his way, on his terms, on his own accord. Most people can't do that. He did. 
still found success. Now, it didn't translate to the NFL when you watch zero point <laughs> yeah, no zero. Film. Yeah. By the way, so hard to do. You could you could lie. Like, I know a lot of guys with those iPads back in college, and this is just a trick of the trade. You could just press play on the damn thing and walk away. You don't actually have to watch it. You could fake it. <laughs> well, evidently, he didn't even <laughs> attempt to fake it. And uh, I, that documentary just made me like him more. And I, you know me. I hate Texas A&M more than anything. That is the lone Aggie that I get we, along with. I mean, we could we could attribute where they're at with their donations, with the hype and rabid fan base around the football program. We could attribute that almost directly to Johnny Manziel, right? There's no question. I mean, Kyle Field, what did they raise, like $270 million or something? Like, yeah. it was insane. And – Again, you. I always reference back to you played because I I don't have that that vision and that experience that you did. That, to me, like I'm not necessarily for revenue sharing or being employment of right. the university and stuff like that because I think a lot of that stuff's already built into your your dorms and your and, and various other things. But what I am a fan of is like the guy wants to sign some autographs and get paid for that. He should be allowed to do that. And at the time, again, he wasn't eligible to do that so for him to go to the back door i listen i understand why the the stuff came down and the, the allegations whatever came out based on the documentary but i'm at least glad that there's certain aspects now that are different than they were when he was playing college in 2012 and 2013 i mean he would have been an easy eight-figure earner he i mean he no, he would he would have never had to even touch down in cleveland realistically he probably still would have considering how good he was and he still was a first-round pick number 20 22 overall, but he would have been an easy earner and not had to worry about money. Yeah, there's no question. I just wonder, um, I don't know, you're in, your, you're in radio, I'm in radio, let's be honest, it, it didn't take much for us to get here academically. Yeah. I, I, I mean, let's just call it spade a spade. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Brad, Brad knows that. Hey, I still, I still had a good GPA, knows. I was Dean's List, so, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but you went above and beyond. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how in today's college football, college basketball, college baseball world, you convince a, a future draft pick that he goes to class or he does the assignment. I, I, I mean, I don't know how that process works. I would think it would be more difficult than people would realize just because there's not that same emphasis put on academics today as there was, say, 20, 30 years, even 40 years ago. So, I, I mean, for Manziel, who was already – uh, the way he was, there was no no chance you were going to stop that. Cliff and Kevin Sumlin just got out of the way and let him do his thing. Yeah, I mean, I, Kevin Sumlin too was. I mean, recreating that was going to be so hard. <laughs> like that's why he's that's why he's out of coaching at this point. I mean, he he did a damn good job though by Texas A and M standards. He really did. Yeah, eleven and two, man. And I know that Jimbo Fisher had the. I guess it would have been a was it ten and one COVID year, and that's the best yeah. season that they've had in College Station. Or but, nine and one, depending. Well, did he win the the bowl game? It was yeah, yeah. I think they I think they won the bowl game, but he they're I mean him and Kevin somewhere are neck and neck, and I hope I don't know if this is going to happen. It might happen down the line. I hope that Bobby Petrino, Jimbo Fisher thing blows up. I hope there's a heated argument, heated debate, right. heated. Over that you see it on the sidelines, and then it just it materializes on the field. I, I tend to think it's not going to do that. But yeah. man, I'm sure I'm throwing coins and wishing wells, hoping it happens. But <laughs> but isn't the thought here if if Jimbo just lets him cook, they'll have success, 
right? But he can't get he in his a, own way. Yeah, ego's a big thing, man. I mean, if every single one of us, you and me talking, everyone listening, has an ego to a certain extent. Now, some are much greater than others, but sometimes companies, sometimes businesses and teams fail, not because there isn't enough talent, not because there isn't enough coaching. It's because the chemistry, one guy, it, it, I feel like this is more seldom, or you see it more in guys than gal sports, is that the ego just gets in the way. It, 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 the, the individuality takes over what should be in place of the team. And I hope, again, a guy that won a national championship still won't fully relinquish the reins over to what is considered one of the better offensive coaches in college football. I don't know if his ego will allow him to do that completely. And if he doesn't, then there's going to be bickering back and forth because Bobby Petrino is that exact same way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for A and M fans, and I don't feel sorry for A and M fans by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they they have a higher view of themselves than their their trophy case would actually should would indicate they should have. Um, but. At the same time, I don't know why Jimbo would have that type of ego about his offensive system. It has not been successful. I mean, you could give Kellen Mond a little bit of credit for what he was able to do in that final year, but it took a while to get to that point. Jimbo's offensive system has not been on national championship level since Jameis, since Florida State. No, there's no question. If I remember correctly... Kellen Mono was a transfer. I don't even think that he recruited him to campus initially out of high school, mm-hmm. which in today's day and age with the portal being utilized like it is, I guess that's not that big of a deal. But you've got, you have one year of the many years of sample size that you can choose from that say, hey, this was a successfully offensive unit. There's been glimpses here and there, but nothing has been just blow your doors off. Bobby Petrino, if he comes here – year one and just lights the world on fire with Connor Wegman, then there's going to be more. I, I Not to say that it's either going to go one or two ways. It's either going to go, well, hey, Jimbo, what have you been doing the last five or six years, whatever it's been? Or it's going to go, hey, what a great hire by Jimbo Fisher. Letting the ego go, blah, blah, blah. And that's going to tick him off, too. Because yep. he's going to be like, well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an architect. I'm this, I'm that. I just don't see how even in success – that this is a long-term marriage between Whoa. Petrino and Fisher. Do you do you think if it is successful for Bobby Petrino, another coaching job, head coaching jobs on the horizon? No question. Yeah, and, right. Why else? Why else would you go from Missouri State to UNLV as yep. the OC to now Texas A&M and SEC position? He wants to get back to it. Yeah, he wants to, he wants back control, and this is potential, which would lead some to believe that he's going to do whatever to make it work, but. I mean, I could I could work with someone, and I could have the utmost best intentions, and that person just rubs me the wrong way, or if I have a bad day, or just blows up, it blows up. There's just there's no telling what's going to happen here. I I I don't necessarily agree with someone that's like a hundred percent one way or another on this because I think this could go both ways, but. I wanted to go to a certain white game. Yeah, no, I hear you. I completely hear you. Now, last thing for you, Ty. Um, speaking of egos, Hugh Freeze has narrowed down his quarterback his quarterback battle. And I, I don't even know why he had to announce he's narrowed it down because I didn't think anybody else was really involved. But Robbie Ashford and Peyton Thorne, what do you expect out of Auburn year one with Hugh Freeze? I mean, I expect him to be able to get back um, some momentum in that program after the Brian Harson mess that, that he's inherited. Um but it's going to take a little bit. I mean, this is not going to be an easy job for him to just uh, immediately turn into a winner. I want you to listen. I want you to listen close. Watch out 
in the Deep South's oldest rivalry game. Mm-hmm. They are going – I think Auburn has a chance to win one of those two big rivalry games, either when they host Alabama or when they host Georgia. Yep. You watch out. Hugh Freeze knows how to win upsets. He knows how to do more with less. He did it in Oxford. Now, at some point, he's not going to have necessarily less around him at Auburn. The guy's been just dominating in recruiting. He's got the two best Arkansas kids and T.J. Lindsey and Walker White to commit. I mean, this guy knows what he's doing on the recruiting tail. There's really – there's really no pushback on that. But so you're but you're I, you're fully bought in to the, I, to I Auburn think, getting back to national championship level under Hugh Freeze. Uh, I don't I don't know if we can go there because Ole Miss was never there, but they're definitely going to be a thorn in Nick Saban and Kirby Smart's side. Here here's what I'll say: um, I have Auburn beating Arkansas when they go to Fayetteville. That's oh. one of the Arkansas losses I have pegged. I, I think Arkansas is going to have a, a decent year at eight and four, but. I don't have them beating Auburn, and I think Auburn is going to surprise a team or two this year and frustrate and be in a lot closer ball games. Freeze is an offensive wizard. I know he hadn't didn't have success at Liberty offensively last year, but they still were what they were. They won in Fayetteville. I think that he is going to be, as he was at Ole Miss, a thorn in, in Nick Saban's side, and now he's in-state recruiting the same players that Nick is right next door in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and I would uh, I would assume this uh, this week you've been uh, talking about the Michael Orr situation with the Tuies. I know we have. I mean, that's been forefront. How many uh, how many times is, has that been mentioned this week on Memphis radio? Like, oh, I mean, like it's, been, it's been the whole show. It's been the whole show every single day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so I've been I've been doing my best, doing my due diligence to read up on it. What I read in the Daily Memphian is that Sean Tui was told that he wasn't allowed to legally adopt Michael, but that doesn't but seem that, that's, that's a falsity. Incorrect. That's incorrect. Yeah, that's a yeah. falsity. So either there's, I mean, there's one or two, you just deduct two things. Either one, he lied, or two, he was told the wrong thing. He got some bad lawyer advice or whatever, whoever told him that. Um, I mean, those are the only two deductions you can make from that point. And then you kind of base your conclusion on that. Now you can say, I mean, Michael Orr, his, I know another one of his books came out like a week or so ago. Yep. I think he's on his third book, if I remember that S- right. Second right now. He was in Oxford last night, actually, uh, okay. signing some books. So, I mean, there's so many opinions on this. I, I don't know if I'm educated enough to right. say definitively one way or another, but I do have still questions that stem from this whole thing. No, I, I don't think anybody can definitively pick one side or the other. I think the, the tendency, considering... Um, considering what what Michael Orr is alleging, it's like it's hard not to take us out. He was in a conservatorship this whole time, and the thought was that he was adopted. I, I mean, that was your thought, right? That he was adopted this entire time I mean, by the Tuies. I know the the movies and Warner Brothers is the this group that made it. I know that they uh, don't always portray movies as exactly how it is, but right. that's how it's portrayed. Well, I and heck, the, the amount of interviews over the years with Leanne Tuie, where she was assigned like under her name when they introduced her Michael Orr's adopted mother you know like they, this is this is something they've ran with for 19 years and that's and that's where it's you have to come back and at least ask the question and I, I listen I, I I'm bummed about this either way because it's like it's a family sad. discussion yeah and I I I want to see what comes out of this, and yep. just keep me updated because you'll know a lot more quicker. <laughs> you'll know a lot quicker than I will, Gabe. I got you. I will do. But, Ty, appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Yes, sir. We'll do it again next week. That's Ty Richardson at Ty Sports Radio on X, co-host of the Morning Rush, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday at ESPN 
Arkansas. Now it's time for the Blitz, and in the Blitz, Kyle Shanahan has stepped up and basically, without naming a starter, has named a starter. He says that one of his quarterbacks, Brock Purdy, would have to melt in practice to lose the starting job. I'll tell you what I think about that when we return right here on the Gabe Kuncho 92.9 FM ESP. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Disasters are a part of everyday life. And when you have your disasters, sometimes it's hard to call someone to come respond to those disasters. But I have someone you should call. That's Service Master by Cornerstone. Service Master by Cornerstone is the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius to help you with all of your issues around the home, office, residential properties. But don't just call them because they're the largest. Call them because they're the best. They've been awarded Service Master's Franchise of the Year Award, meaning they're the number one Service Master Restore franchise in the United States of America. Whether it's water damage, you have a fire and there's smoke damage, you need mold remediation, call Service Master by Cornerstone no matter the place, no matter the size, they're here to help you. Tyler, the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone and his team take pride in what they do and they help you at these moments. Their motto is we don't pray for disaster, we just pray we get called when there is one. So remember the name locally owned, locally operated. Service Master by Cornerstone. And their number because they respond so well is 901-RESPOND. It's very simple. 901-R-E-S-P-O-N-D 901 Respond for Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, we're live from Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, and it's time to hop into the Blitz. Now, the biggest stories overloading the line of bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. And always remember that the Blitz is brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin. Connor, what you got for me today? First up today, Kyle Shanahan spoke about Brock Purdy and said he would have to melt in practice to <laughs> lose the starting job. <laughs> now, I understand this because Trey Lance looked like hot garbage in uh, preseason game one. His one TD was a ricochet off of a Raiders player into the hands of his tight end and it really probably I mean it's hard to really give him credit for that that touchdown um, his stats looked okay 10 for 15 112 yards Sam Darnold looked meh 5 for 8 like 68 yards it, it, the other options aren't great we, we can admit that up front. And Brock Purdy, I have to give credit where credit's due. He started five games last year. He was 5-0, and completed 67% of his passes, and he was 13 TDs to four INTs. But here's the truth about Brock Purdy. He's not overly talented. He's 6'1", 220, has some decent legs, not above average. Decent arm, not above average. Okay at placing the ball, not above average. He's just a very average style of quarterback. Does he have some good mental capacity? Is his IQ good? Does he know what's expected of him? Yes. But I think we can all sit here and admit as Mr. Irrelevant, who he was, I mean, he was the last pick of the 2022 NFL draft. He's made because of the weapons he has. Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, a really good offensive line, Debo Samuel. That's what made him good last year. Now, I think that those same things can make him good going into this year. Now, we have to see how his UCL responds. He's had some elbow issues in the offseason. We know that can be tough, especially for a quarterback with that short type of release. 
But at the same time, I heard somebody yesterday, and I think it was Matt Miller, he was talking about discussing Brock Purdy with an NFC executive, and that NFC executive said he's at a million-dollar version of Kirk Cousins. Now, at first thought, you say, okay, million dollars, Kirk Cousins gets paid uh, upwards of $35 million a year. A million-dollar version of Kirk Cousins is great. He has exceeded expectations from where he was drafted. Again, last pick in the draft. But here's where I have a problem. You're in a win-now situation if you're the 49ers. You had the number one defense last year. You have all these offensive weapons. You've done really good job, a really good job of investing in that offensive line. Everything around Brock Purdy is pristine. If you are a version of Kirk Cousins, you know how many playoff games Kirk Cousins has won? One. He's one and three in the playoffs. So basically what you're telling me is he's the a million-dollar version of a quarterback that can't get you over the hump when the time calls for it. And you look around the NFC, I think Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. I think Jalen Hurts, without question, is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. And let's say they do make it to a Super Bowl. He would be playing against, in the AFC, a quarterback that can go win you a game on his back by himself. Brock Purdy can't do that at this point. Hey, there's a lot of things that have yet to be seen, right? But at the same time, he doesn't have the skill set to put a team directly on his back and go, Cook, I'm skeptical of the whole thing. I think a lot of people gave him a lot of credit last year, but I think this year is going to be somewhat of a year of reckoning for the 49ers with where their quarterback position is at. They have a win-now team, but I don't think their quarterback is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, and I think that's an issue as you get deep into the playoffs. Today it was reported that he's thrown 10 interceptions so far in training camp, including two more today, and one another one was dropped. He had, hey. uh, he had three interceptions with the joint practice with the Raiders. If he can't take care of the ball, what good is he for you? Because right. that, that was the big thing there last year for the 49ers. He kept you on pace, spread it out to his playmakers, made easy throws. If they ask him to do more than what he's capable of doing, he starts throwing interceptions, giving the team the ball, the other team the ball. What good is he going to do for you long-term, especially when you get into a playoff race that you certainly, I think talent-wise, can go ahead and make a run in? I mean, the NFC is wide open. The 49ers are one of those three teams I've named, and the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers. Brock Purdy, I I fear, is sort of the weakest link at this moment, and that that is not a, a good thing for that 49ers franchise who's been trying to find a quarterback. Trey Lance hasn't worked out. Um but you have a seventh-round Mr. Relevant quarterback that has to melt on the field to not be the starter. That is, that's something to me. That's something. At Titans practice today, Traylon Burks caught a touchdown pass, but then had to be carted off the field and was holding his uh, – they, they said it was like his cat Left area, knee to – it looked, it looked rough. It hurts me. Because I, I like Traylon Burks. I liked him out of Arkansas. Big the fan. skill set's great. Now, they used him at Arkansas a little differently. They used him in gadgets as well as trying to get him into the intermediate right, right, routes, some deep balls as well. Um, so he has to be used naturally differently at the NFL level. He's got to hone in his route running. He's got to be very sure-handed. He's not going to be used in those gadget plays like he was uh, with Arkansas. But without Traylon Burks... That's a massive hit. That's a first-round wide receiver that you expect a lot out of. I hope he. I hope the injury's not as bad as we think it is right this second. But your number two now 
in that wide receiver room, besides uh, outside of DeAndre Hopkins, is Nick Westbrook Aquina, Chris Moore. That that's not good. That's not good enough. Now that you don't have Traylon Burks out there, opposing defenses can just lock down, do whatever they can to stop DeAndre Hopkins, and then who else are you throwing it to? I think that there's some type of you know, chance that Chig, Okonkwo, their tight end, very young tight end, going in year two, could be a good pass catcher. I really like what he has going. But you need to have more than one option at wide receiver to be able to throw to. Because ultimately, Ryan Tannehill can only go as far as the talent he has on that team, in that wide receiver room, and losing one of those guys this early is is not not a good sign. Yeah, I, I really hope that this isn't a long-term injury for him because it did feel like this is going to be a season that had potential to be a big one for him, especially with DeAndre Hopkins in that wide receiver room with him. And when they made the signing, both of us said, hey, listen, as long this as— This could be a good thing for Traylon Burks. As long as everybody's healthy, this thing might work out. DeAndre Hopkins might bring something to the Titans, but they didn't have much room for error. They didn't have much room for injuries. And that's why this is just such a disheartening thing to come out of Titans training camp. It was a fantastic catch that he made to get hurt, but he was not able to walk— on it after he caught it. Yep. He, he caught it, went down, he stood up, walked a little bit, and then had to go down again. So I just, I really hope this isn't a long term thing for him. Hopefully he can bounce back and be a part of the Titan season because I just think that playing time with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins would be so valuable for him. Here's one thing like, I hate to be so blunt about this, but with the Titans' offense at this point, you are, especially with the quarterback position and the backups at this moment, and Malik Willis and Will Levis, it is. Let Derrick Henry cook, try to get DeAndre Hopkins the ball, force feed him, and pray to God that Ryan Tannehill doesn't get hurt. That's the only way you're going to have success. And it's just losing another weapon on that offense that's not, you know, it's, it's, no one's going to accuse them of having a whole bunch of uh, offensive talent. Um, losing a weapon on that offense could be a potential death blow. Uh, and I hope it's not. I hope Traylon Burks is not as hurt as we think right now. Again, but this is not good for the Titans offense, ultimately, as we head into, uh, head into this season. This is, this is brutal. This is brutal. And it's brutal for Traylon Burks, man. First round wide receiver that John Robinson wanted to put all his money into and let A.J. Brown walk. He expected him to be an A.J. Brown replacement. I mean... You could talk about that being an error in thinking from John Robinson, but Traylon Burke still has a lot that he could get accomplished in his career. You thought year two was going to be better than his rookie season, and, it, and it, he may not even get to play. That's frustrating. It's very frustrating. But that'll do it for the Blitz. One more segment left in the day. That'll be the Rewind when we return on the Gabe Kuncho 92.9 FM. Now it's the Rewind. Now we play a battle like Rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. We had more on the Michael Orr Tui drama. I'm not picking sides. I refuse to. But based on what we're hearing from the Tui's attorneys, I, I have two really big questions I want answered. One, why does the money amount keep changing? First, it was 14000 Then Sean Jr. came out, SJ, said it was 225K plus 2.5% of of gross earnings. Now it's 100,000? That's confusing. Why why so many different dollar amounts when we're talking about what was made off the blind side in 09? And number two, if Michael Orr has been trying to get the Tuies to pay large sums of money to him this entire time, 
Why did why did Sean Tui act surprised and hurt on Monday in his discussions with Jeff with the Daily Memphian? I, I find that strange as well. I have no idea how this figures itself out, uh, but I know it's ugly, it's gross, and I want to hit this point again because I don't know if there's anything legally wrong with what happened. Well, the courts will figure that out. But when it's all said and done, just because something's legal, that doesn't make it moral. I want people to latch on to that. Because the conservatorship of a 37-year-old makes no sense. And it's a 37-year-old who doesn't act on a whim. Strange. Very strange. But it was a good show nonetheless. Ryan Silverfield joined, head coach of uh, Memphis football. Seemed like some positivity. Depth was mentioned. He says they have more depth this year. And finishing. We know the past two years how many close games they've lost. They were 0-4 in one-score games last year. They've lacked in both departments the past two years. It's time to change that. Also, Jeff joined Paranormal, and Ty Richardson joined to talk some SEC football. If you want to listen to any of those interviews or play back the entire show, download the Odyssey app and search 92.9 ESPN. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No reason to change it. Rangers again Rangers. tonight. Rangers again tonight. They're up against the Angels once again. One and a half run favorite. Angels, or I'm sorry, Rangers all day. Fast forward. Fast forward. You have found your cash cow. I sure have. You really have. But uh, tomorrow's show is going to be fun. Alan Bell from CBS Sportsline will join to talk some futures. Some futures bets worth placing in college football and the NFL. On top of that, we'll have more from NFL training camps, college football training camps. Uh, we'll have updates, of course. From the Orr Tui case. Uh, they're coming hot and heavy. Make sure y'all tune in tomorrow, but that's a wrap for today. Thanks to Ty Richardson, Jeff Calkins, and Ryan Silverfield for their contributions to today's show. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and pass you off to Joe and Amber. For Connor, I'm Gabe. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy the rest of your WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. The legend of Zaxby's hand-breaded chicken. The fire of roasted corn. The crunch of tortilla strips. The kick of Southwest Ranch. That's right, y'all. You better saddle up because the Southwest Salad is back for a limited time. And as always, it's not for the faint of flavor. So order the Southwest Salad and the Zaxby's Rewards app while it's still on the horizon. Woo, saucy! Zaxby's. 43%. That's how much of the average home's utilities are spent on heating and cooling. Is your system over 10 years old? Is your energy usage going up? Do you have temperature or humidity issues? If you said yes to any of these, it's time to consider a new home comfort system from Landmark Heating and Air. With product shortages and price increases forecasted to continue into next year, a planned replacement has never been more important. Schedule your no-cost consultation with Landmark Heating and Air today at 901-365-4260. You want the hottest summer deals in the Mid-South? We gossip and gossip Kia on the Pike. 41 MPG Highway, we gossip in 2023 Kia Forte LXS. $249 a month, $29.99 to assign it. Get SUV action in 2023 Nero EV Wind. 253 miles of EPA estimated range. $292 a month, $49.99 to assigning. Or 2023 Kia EV6 Wind with up to 134 City 101 Highway MPGE. Only $425 a month, $49.99 to assigning all 36 month leases. Plus, Kia's 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. Ask for Bobby J. He's ready to put you in a new Kia today. Gossip Kia 1900 coming to Pike or online. Kia coming to Pike.com. If you want it, we got it. 
650 acquisition V, 30,000 miles, 20 cents excess mileage, Forte PE 659993, MSRP 22540, Nero P501527, MSRP 41390, EV6 P560 3393, MSRP 50,200, includes all rebates and incentives from Finance through Hyundai, excludes tax island license with approved credit, CD for details, offer valid through 9523, dealer stock only warranties, a limited powertrain warranty, see Kia.com or retailer for details. The baseball season's heading into the backstretch. Get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets, plural, not just all back in one go if your first bet doesn't win. And go to FanDuel.com slash Smith to get signed up today. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. And just go to FanDuel.com slash J-S-M-I-T-H to get signed up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and, of course, of 929FM ESPN, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. That's 1-800-889-9789. The Gossett Mitsubishi Summer Sales Event is still going strong at... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.